재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 MHz in Seoul and surrounding areas. Well, we're all about explaining and exploring the Korean culture and mindset. And the best way we know how to do that is to listen to what Koreans are saying to each other in mainstream media or on social media. We do it twice a week in a feature called Culture Pulse. On Mondays, we're joined by longtime contributor Violet Kim in the studio. Hey, Violet. Hi, Kurt. Okay, so um, this... I've been seeing the headlines all weekend. I haven't really latched onto the story yet. But apparently some K-pop star waving a little teeny Taiwan flag Mm -hmm. has caused a huge dust-up. Right, right. Um, I mean, the global online K-pop community is pretty on top of their stuff. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have these small incidents that become much bigger than they should be. But I think this is actually legitimately a big story. Um, Since I first started following it, it really blew up. Mm -hmm. And it, like... I wouldn't say affected, that's too strong a word, but it was mentioned in the acceptance speech of the newly elected no Taiwanese kidding. president. She referred to this specifically. Mm-hmm. Right. All right, so give us the basic 411 here for those who, who are just kind of waking up to this story for mm-hmm. the first time. So there's a K-pop girl group called Twice, mm-hmm. owned by a Korean agency. Okay. Um, and there's a member of the girl group, and her name is Tsui. And just to provide a bit of perspective, she was born in 1999. That makes her 16. She's very young. Very young. Yes. And she's at the center of furious online controversy in China, Taiwan, and Korea. Okay. So she's Taiwanese, but she's multilingual, and um, she, like, you know, works and performs in Korea. And the controversy started after she was seen waving the flag of her home island, the the Taiwanese flag. Yes. Um, or the flag of the Republic of China in a broadcast on Korean TV. Okay. And this is why I say K-pop fans can be pretty scary because like, they spotted that yeah. and got angry and months later it's blowing up. Presumably K-pop fans in the People's Republic of China, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I Maybe can't imagine China. K-pop fans in Korea being all that upset about it. But uh, right. in the People's Republic of China, uh-huh. Taiwan is the ultimate hot-button issue. I don't think you yes. get much hotter than the uh, issue of Taiwan. It's mm-hmm. like it's kind of like their Jerusalem in a way. Uh, right, there's right. nothing that sets off the Chinese worse mm-hmm. than uh, some kind of implication that Taiwan is or wants to be independent. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, a lot of mainland Chinese fans saw right. this little flag waving and their uh-huh. temperature went through the roof. Yes. Okay. Um, K-pop stars and groups activities in China have been affected. Um, A lot of mainland Chinese fans are calling for a boycott of the agency and of the girl group. Um, And even though her agency released a statement on January 14th emphasizing that they were politically neutral, Mm -hmm. and on the 15th, she actually came out in a video apologizing and saying that there was only one China. Uh, it's not really helping matters. Right. But the interesting part about it is that in Taiwan, which, as you know, recently elected its first female president, um, people have been sort of rallying behind this girl as like sort of a symbol of, you know, why do we always have to apologize and, you know, bow to the Chinese? Well, and in in addition to being female, which is very noteworthy, this president Mm -hmm. is uh, quite pro-independence and overturning uh, years and years of Kuomintang sort of make China happy administrations. Yes. So um, they're a little bit more fiery on the issue of of possible independence. And so it seems logical that they would rally behind this this right. young woman. But the really interesting part is that even the ruling party, uh, the Kuomintang, uh, 
actually supported her because I think they judged uh-huh. that the tide had turned too much uh-huh. in favor of her. I mean, she's this young girl. She's in this apology video. Some Taiwanese fans compared it to yeah. Islamic State videos. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah. So what, what does the Korean internet have to say? They obviously aren't as sensitive to the Taiwan. Uh, yeah. China All right. Well, let's hear what actual but... Koreans are saying about mm-hmm. it in this week's social media elements. She does not need to apologize. Would her company make a Korean celebrity apologize for waving the Korean flag? Business may be business, but there are some lines that should not be crossed. It feels like we sold our own nationality, and it feels bad. I'm disgusted by the witch hunt that ensued after a 16-year-old girl who waved the flag of her country. I'm sure she did it because she was working in a foreign land and missed her home. She is a sacrificial lamb, sacrificed for monetary concerns. I appreciate uh, the the sentiment that these netizens are expressing, but Mm -hmm. uh, one thing they keep saying over and over is country and nationality and so on. Mm -hmm. Uh, The status, the formal status of Taiwan is very, very much in dispute, as you know. And if you listen carefully to cable news, um, at least in English, Mm -hmm. they will never use the word country or state or nationality Mm -hmm. or nation Mm -hmm. when referring Taiwan Mm -hmm. to Taiwan. They'll always Mm -hmm. say the island or uh, just simply to use the word Taiwan uh, because um, it's an editorial thing mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. not it's not agreed upon that Taiwan is a nation right and right. Uh, China again is, is extraordinarily sensitive about it right right but there um, is support for um, for this young lady in Korea yes but support for her not so much as a Taiwanese mm-hmm. young lady but mm-hmm. just as a young lady who's homesick you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. she speaks Korean I, I mean like it's hard not to get emotional when you kind of see like she just you mm. feel bad for her. Yeah. You know, she didn't mean, I think. And it's an irritant this. in Korea to see anybody sort of appear to kowtow. You know, Koreans are fiercely independent mm-hmm. and have that sort of spirit. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine that's an irritant here. Right. Anyway, right. Um, for better or worse, it certainly promoted this uh, group and this oh, uh, performer. Some people were a bit cynical about that. Like, I'd never heard of her or her group. Yeah. But now everyone knows. (laughs) Maybe she should wear a a Taiwan flag sweatshirt from now on or something. Okay, so item number two, we're moving into the business of producing halal food. Mm -hmm. So the government is building a food product cluster in Iksan, North Cholla province. Food product cluster just kind of like is a joint manufacturing center type of thing, right? Precisely, yes. And it's also considering a special section for halal food products after signing an MOU with the... United Arab Emirates okay. in March last year. And, I mean... Halal, halal being the word for uh, prepared in accordance with uh, Islamic law. Yes. And uh, roughly parallel, but not the same as kosher. No pork, very specific rituals, that kind of stuff. Right, right. It's okay. the same idea, although I'm sure they differ. Yeah. Um, but the plan is being met with fierce opposition, both offline in the form of picketing and online in the form of petitioning. And people leaving comments on articles. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why? Uh, I mean, so the logic of those who oppose the cluster, it's not logical, but I'll try to explain. Their claim is that the government hasn't done enough research to prove that this halal food cluster will not endanger Koreans. What? 
nor that it will be ultimately beneficial to Koreans. So I didn't understand what that meant at first until I went down to the comments and I realized a lot of people were afraid that this would mean like a sudden influx of immigrants to Korea. Is Korea going to become a Muslim country? Like, are we going to be conquered by the Islamic State? That sort of thing. Is is ISIS going to come and produce halal food Mm -hmm. here in this thing? Right. They saw it as an equivalent to sending out an open invitation, you know. Ah, mm-hmm. all right. Um, hmm. That's that strikes me as mildly xenophobic. I mean, it is a, it is not uh, out of the question hypothetically, mm-hmm. but uh, it seems a little bit. Uh, well, it seems like a very knee jerk reaction. Very much so. Um, yeah. It seems like something I. Well, I mean, I feel like it's very recent. Yeah. The ministry that's in charge of this project explained that halal food companies didn't necessarily mean that. M- um, the employees had to be Muslim. Uh-huh. They tried to sort of downplay the panic. Um, and of course, halal isn't necessarily new. Like sure. A lot of Korean food companies have been doing this for years. Yeah. There have been attempts to get Korean restaurants halal certified because yeah. Korea is pretty popular with a lot of Muslim tourists. I don't see why you would need immigrants mm-hmm. to staff this food cluster. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you don't just instruct the Koreans in mm-hmm. halal preparation. And, right. Yeah. Right. I mean, the the very fact that they connected immigrants with <laughs> IS is problematic. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't really need immigrants either. So, um, yeah, and and it's not new, but I feel like it has a lot to do with recent events. Yeah. A lot of people are reacting in this way. Okay, well, uh, why don't you go ahead and give us some of the specific reactions that you've seen? Uh, it's hard to get too specific without okay. being insulting, but let's just say the reactions were overwhelmingly negative. Yeah. A lot of fear-mongering. Right. A lot of extreme comments mm-hmm. and unanimous opposition towards the construction of halal anything in Iksan. All right. Well, and, Islam and uh, f- some of the extremes of Islam right. is uh, for people in the United States and in Korea as right. well, a, sort of a knee-jerk issue. Let's just right. leave that there. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned in the news feed, uh, Shin Yong-bok uh, passed on. He's famous for writing this book. We've got a little less than a minute. Mm-hmm. Just give me a few of the reactions to his passing. Uh, everyone was sad. I mean, he's a really beloved public figure. And even though it's, I mean, you He's sort of seen as like he was a political prisoner, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he was beloved not for his like political ideas, but just because of his book. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of friends called. Had you read this book? Was this something you encountered in school? No, but I was very familiar with it. I okay. read sections of it. And I mean, one of my friends said that the book was something he opened whenever he felt anxious or demotivated. It is pretty like uplifting. Okay. Because it's about like overcoming hardship. Yeah, it's almost like almost like a Mandela kind of thing. He's mm-hmm. 20 years in prison right. and writing all the time. He never had any bitterness. Or, yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, the book, needless to say, is probably going to have a bump in sales now that people yeah, are feeling sentimental, right? It's been right? selling pretty well. All right. Well, that's good. Thank you, Violet. That'll close up today's Culture Pulse. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Kurt. And we'll be right back.